Good Bone Health makes active aging possible. Join us for inspiring conversations from diverse perspectives in osteoporosis from patients, healthcare providers, caregivers, policymakers, researchers, advocates, and innovators. Protect your ability to live your best life. The information and opinions expressed in Bone Talk are not intended to replace the services of trained and qualified health professionals or to be a substitute of medical advice of physicians. You may review the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation's full medical disclaimer at bonehealthandosteoporosis.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bone Talk. I'm Claire Gill, CEO of the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation. Today's episode is sponsored by SunSweet Growers and packed with delicious insights to kick off a healthy new year. As we dive into the importance of bone health, especially for families and those on the go, I'm thrilled to introduce our expert guest today. Lauren Harris-Pincus is a registered dietitian and nutrition communications specialist and also a paid partner of SunSweet Growers. She's an author, speaker, and a dedicated advocate for healthy living. With over 25 years of experience, Lauren is the founder and owner of Nutrition Starring You. Lauren has not only worked with major medical centers, she has also counseled celebrity clients and collaborated with nonprofit agencies to provide nutrition counseling to the uninsured and underserved. Her commitment to combating childhood obesity is truly inspiring, and she has actively worked with school districts to improve the nutritional qualities of lunch menus so important. Lauren recently wrote an article entitled, As a Dietitian, I Learned the Hard Way Not to Ignore Your Bone Health. And I'm really looking forward to her sharing her own personal journey with us in this conversation, highlighting the importance of paying attention to our bones throughout the various stages of life. So without further ado, let's welcome Lauren Harris-Pincus to Bone Talk. Lauren, thank you for joining me. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be on the podcast with you talking about one of my passions. Well, I'm really, really excited to talk to you too. And you do incredible work. And we have so many questions that we get from listeners about nutrition. So this is perfectly timed. So tell me a bit more about your background and your work in the field of nutrition. Absolutely. So My interest in nutrition began at a very early age as the result of growing up with overweight and obesity starting as early as kindergarten. And my pediatrician told my mom to take me to Weight Watchers at seven or eight in the 70s, which led to multiple diets, two weight loss camps, and the general yo-yoing of weight loss and regain throughout my whole childhood and adolescence during the 70s and 80s. And when I was a senior in high school, preparing to go to college, I was at my highest weight at that point, and I decided that I was done. I wanted to keep up with my friends and wear regular clothes, and I wanted to start anew at college and really become my healthiest self and take responsibility for my overall general well-being. So I found, at the time, a supervised weight loss program that was very low-calorie would never recommend this to anybody knowing what I know now. It was about 800 calories per day. And clearly, I lost a lot of weight, probably 40 to 50 pounds my senior year in high school. And I've kept it off for 35 years, you know, through my, my two pregnancies. 
And I decided to major in nutrition, you know, to learn as much as I could about the human body for my own benefit, but also to be able to help others, you know, live their healthiest lives. So I've been specializing in weight management and prediabetes for over 25 years, both in private practice and as a media dietitian and cookbook author. So obviously then with a lot of that, which many, many people go through in their life, that yo-yo dieting, the ups and downs, et cetera. When did you start to become concerned about your own bone health? Unfortunately, I never gave my bone health a second thought. To be perfectly honest, my top priority in my college years and throughout my 20s was, was maintaining that weight loss, which anyone who's ever lost a significant amount of weight knows that it's a daily endeavor. And you know you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't look at me and know what's going on on the inside. And right. in my head, I was eating, quote unquote, you know, all the right foods, including daily yogurt and other dairy products, which I figured, okay, I'm getting my calcium, you know, as well as plant sources of calcium. And I spent years lifting and chasing my two kids and engaged in weight-bearing exercise. So again, I never really gave my bone health a second thought. And then a fateful encounter changed everything. And here's where my sunsuite story comes in. You know, as a dietitian, I'd been working with brands in the media for a few years. And I was fortunate to receive an invitation to visit the Sunsuite brand expo booth at what we dietitians affectionately refer to as the Super Bowl of Nutrition which is officially known as the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics Food and Nutrition Conference and Expo, or FENCI, as we affectionately call it. Yeah. And I wrote about this experience in that article for Clean Plate, sharing how I was offered the opportunity to have a bone health screening through Sunsuite, where I placed my hand into what I remember looking something like the UV lamp that you use to dry your nails during a gel manicure. Yeah. And when it was done, the, the lovely person working the machine handed me the printout of the results and very diplomatically said something along the lines of, you know, you, you might want to speak to your doctor about getting a DEXA scan for more complete results. And I kind of looked at her, <laughs> but the scan of my hand showed a, a concerning bone density for my age. And obviously, this was just a screening of a yeah. hand. But I was in my early 40s at the time, and I was pretty shocked, but even more curious. You know, how could this be? I eat well, I exercise, I'm young, I'm not a, a, a tiny person that we think of being at higher risk of, you know, osteopenia and osteoporosis when you're a very lightweight person. And luckily for me, this chance discovery allowed me to intervene far earlier than I ever would have under normal circumstances. I went to my doctor. I called him and said, hey, you know, I, I need a DEXA scan. And he kind of said, what are you talking about? And I explained mm -hmm. the situation and he said, okay. And we discovered a vitamin D deficiency, which wasn't surprising. We discovered I did indeed have osteopenia. Yeah. And he started me on several supplements, including calcium and D and K and magnesium and a quality multivitamin. And by my intervention, incorporating daily prunes, which most doctors at, at that point anyway, hadn't really heard about, right. which is very exciting that I get to educate some doctors about the benefits of prunes. Unfortunately, we've managed to level off further bone loss over the past several years. 
Well, that's really good. That is often how it comes, though. As we hear all the time, people are completely shocked when they find out that, you know, they have bone loss or that they have osteoporosis. In some cases, like you said, it's just an amazing coincidence and great encounter that you were able to diagnose it early and get that screening. And unfortunately, that's not the norm, you know, so we really, we need more people out there talking about the importance of bone health. And we're really grateful. You know, I'm very upset that you had to go through that experience, but I'm really grateful that now you've turned that into something that will help so many people through your practice and through your, your other work to be able to pay attention to that bone health early on. And, you know, we talk all the time about sometimes people don't think about it until they actually fracture. You know, when they break a bone, then sometimes a doctor or clinician will say, hey, I think we need to do a bone density test. But that's not often the case, and it tends to happen later in life. So again, you're one of those rare situations where a screening happened you know, premenopausal, and then you were able to do something about it. Why just overall, particularly on the nutrition front, should we be concerned about bone health? And what should we be making sure that our children are doing to protect their bones and to build their bones? Right. Well, in my experience with clients over 25 plus years in practice, people never, ever ask me about maintaining bone health until after they receive a diagnosis of osteopenia or osteoporosis, which I'm sure is, is the case in your experience too. And given the fact that our bone mass peaks, you know, approximately age 25 to 30, and 90% of that peak bone mass is achieved by age 18 to 20, it's critical to maintain lifestyle habits to maximize bone mass and minimize bone loss as early as possible. And, you know, that includes food-based strategies, obviously. But, you know, I'm proof positive that long-term calorie restriction, especially during my teens and 20s, most likely negatively affected my bone health. And just because I may look lean, you know, you can't tell what's going on inside. And I think right. that's a testament to the emphasis on weight loss just for weight loss sake, as opposed to focusing on the overall lifestyle health implications of that and how important it is to not just look at the scale as the measure of your overall health and well-being, but everything else that comes along with it. That's so important. And I, you know, I, I'm sort of thinking to myself now too, how I fell into that trap of, right, oh, she looks really good because, you know, she seems to be an appropriate, you know, weight. But as you said, you just don't know what someone's situation is or what their health is just by looking at them. And we get that all the time about bones, right? We can't see our bones so we and we don't feel them getting weaker. And yet that's often the case. So we have to educate ourselves about things we can do to make bone health part of our overall health. And I think that's really the message that we need people to understand that the things we do to take care of our overall health that we think about when we think about our cardiac health or to prevent diabetes, prevent cancer, all of those things, all of that healthy nutrition and exercise are also good for your bones. But let's talk a little bit about some of the more important nutrients for bone health. And you referenced a couple of them when you were describing what your clinician had started you on, but can you kind of give a little bit of an overview of the different types of nutrients and why they're important? Sure. So oftentimes people really associate only calcium and vitamin D with bone health. 
And the process of bone formation requires an adequate and constant supply of many nutrients, not only calcium and vitamin D, but also things like protein, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, and fluoride. And there's actually newer research suggesting that vitamins and minerals seem to work together to protect the bone, including also fiber, vitamin K, boron, copper, and polyphenols, which are antioxidants. And all of these can be obtained through a varied diet of fruit and veggies, nuts, beans, seeds, whole grains, dairy products, obviously, and fortified non-dairy alternatives and lean protein. And I specifically want to focus on the fortified non-dairy alternatives because a lot of times people go dairy-free or they believe that things like almond milk and those plant milks are somehow better than dairy milk. The problem is, though, that they need to be fortified because they don't naturally contain that calcium and vitamin D like dairy milk would. And a lot of products don't have the same level of fortification or people mistakenly believe that an organic version may be healthier for them, Mm -hmm. but organic products generally aren't fortified. So now they're substituting out their dairy milk for a non-dairy alternative and they're not getting that calcium and vitamin D and they don't even realize it. Yeah, it's really confusing. I mean, I, you know, you work in this field and you know, and actually I've shared before on the podcast, my background was in food public relations. And so I spent a lot of time at Fancy and, uh, and working with some fabulous dietitians. And, you know, there were so many changes and new reports and things like that, that became, it com- becomes really confusing for people. And so knowing that eating a well-balanced, healthy diet is really the way that we can get all our body needs, you know, is, is something that I think people just forget. And certainly we get off on these fad diets and, you know, there's um, always something new that we hear, you know, people are trying or that we hear in the news. And that's not always best for our bodies, as you said, right? That there needs to be a diversity of foods and not just restrictions on certain types of foods in order for us to get what we need. Is that what you're experiencing, you know, in your practice too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, each different food provides different nutrients. When you look at fruits and veggies alone, all the different colors of the rainbow, those each provide different antioxidants and phytonutrients. So just eating the same four or five fruits and veggies, you may hit your quote unquote, like dietary guideline recommendations, but that doesn't mean that you're getting the wide variety of nutrients that you need because the same sources aren't found in each and every one. Yeah. And I know this just one of the things that we say in uh, at the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation is to really try to get all the nutrients that your body needs from food first and only supplement for shortfalls in the diet. You know, and you had mentioned again that you were put on some supplementation um, because you needed it, you know, given your current situation. I do want to caution people that there are obviously supplements that cover a wide range of things and they make a lot of claims. You need to be really careful and speak with your healthcare provider about them or speak with a dietitian and also really do try to get your nutrition from food first. Yes, 100%. And remembering too that each human body is different and everybody has different needs and some people metabolize things differently and, and genetically have but, you know, we could go, we could do, go on a deep dive on that. But the yeah. bottom line is that, you know, somebody would look at me and say, oh my God, you're such a healthy eater. 
how is it that you can have any deficiencies in anything? And it's because this is my body. That's right. You know, obviously, right. I may eat more fruits and veggies and whole grains and nuts and seeds and all that stuff and beans compared to the person next to me who maybe doesn't have any nutrient deficiencies, but I do. And it's just the way it goes. And that's why you really need to work closely with your healthcare providers to make sure that you're doing what you need to do to live your, I just say to live your healthiest life, whatever that looks like for you. That is such great advice. And yeah, it's really important for us to know that and to make sure that we are focused on what's right for us and not just what, you know, you read in a magazine or, you know, you see in a television program or that's recommended by a celebrity, which tends to be how people get their nutrition advice. <laughs> so it's really important to really focus on working with a, a respected clinician on, on your own specific needs. I want to share that when I was, um, well, my daughter was younger and she's 12 now, but when she was younger, one of her favorite snacks was something that I too had gotten from my connection with Sunsweet Growers. And we had the individual prune snacks and she loved them. I packed them in her, I packed them in her lunchbox and it was just so amazing. And I thought about the fact that like the dynamic around prunes changed so much over the years from when I was growing up and thought, you know, again, it wasn't something that we had on a, a regular basis in my childhood. And yet for my daughter, it was one of her favorite snacks. And I realized how good that was for her. So can you talk a little bit about how prunes fit into eating for good bone health? Sure. And the episode you had last month with uh, Dr. Hushman, she so eloquently shared the strong research supporting prunes in, in all different ways that our body utilizes them from bone health to gut health to heart health. You know, they, they really are wonderful. I'll focus on the bone health part for today's conversation. You know, prunes contain several bioactive compounds that help create a bone health promoting nutrient matrix. So what I just mentioned, those nutrients that seem to work together to protect the bones, prunes contain all of them, fiber, vitamins like K, minerals including potassium, magnesium, boron, copper, and those polyphenol antioxidants. And the soluble and insoluble fiber in prunes also are known to increase mineral absorption like calcium, which very obviously important. very important. Yeah. So a 50 gram daily dose of prunes, which equals five to six prunes, this is what's been shown in research um, to help prevent loss of bone mineral density in several clinical studies in women. And to simplify that, I usually share that research shows that the combination of many different nutrients in prunes helps to protect our bones as we age and adding five to six prunes per day to your meals and snacks can help prevent bone loss. So that's my sort of nugget of, of information to distill it down for the general public. Yeah. And you can easily add prunes to foods people already like, such yeah. as cereal, yogurt, salads, even savory dishes like baked chicken or fish, or even pureed into baked goods or smoothies. I make a delicious flatbread, uh, toasted flatbread with ricotta or cottage cheese and sauteed mm. red onions, diced prunes, and like a balsamic drizzle. It's delicious. So there's, there's awesome. so, yeah, there's so many things you can do with prunes because they're just sweet and wonderful with that really great texture. And my number one tip, which always seems to surprise people, is to freeze the prunes right in the bag or the container and to take them out, the, just the chosen portion when you're ready to snack. And they are amazing 
with this sweet, chewy bite that isn't icy at all because of the lack of water content in the dried fruit. But it's just like this lovely, chewy sweetness that when it's cold, just it just like a dessert. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. And think about that. I love freezing grapes. So I'm going to try that with prunes too. That's really good. And like you said, it's really diverse. You have a diverse food to be able to put into so many dishes, which is super nice. I haven't even thought about that flatbread one. That sounds great. And I know that again, yeah, it's that easy snack for people to have. And to think about something where we have those go-tos, as you said, where we when we want to be healthy or we want to snack on something, we tend to have things. Just adding that into the repertoire can do so many good things for our bodies by giving us those access to the nutrients we don't normally have. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier, it's really hard as a parent trying to get your kid to enjoy healthy snacks. So do you have like, besides obviously, we you know, talking about prune snacks for sure and how my daughter loved them, but what other recommendations do you have for healthy snacking for young people? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I always talk about nutrient dense foods, meaning for the amount of calories in a, in a food, you're getting as many nutrients as possible that your body needs. And there's so many ways that we can do that to address bone health. Fortified cereal with dairy milk and some fruit, especially prunes, which also works with fortified soy milk if you're looking for non-dairy options, because the soy milk is going to give you relatively similar amount of protein as dairy mm-hmm. milk. And protein is also very important for your bone health and to stay full uh, compared to no protein in almond milk, for example. Something like shelled edamame for calcium and magnesium, plant-based protein and fiber, and so easy for kids to just eat by the handful. They yeah. come frozen too, so it's just easy to defrost in the microwave. So Roasted wait, broccoli I'm, with... Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you want to ask a question about that? So you said... Yeah shelled edamame so they need to eat the shells too no shelled meaning not without the shell oh okay got it (laughs) shellless shellless yeah no definitely don't eat the shell i mean the kind that literally where you can scoop like a quarter cup out of the frozen bag and just put it in a dish and microwave it where it's they're just ready to go got it so yeah thanks thanks for clarifying that something like roasted broccoli with melted cheese that's going to give you fiber, protein, and a double source of calcium. Something like a cowboy caviar type bean salad served with some lime processed tortilla chips that are produced that way that actually increases the calcium amount in the tortilla chip. Mm. So that's that's something fun that is going to give lots of nutrients in there. And if you really want the indulgent part, I love the chocolate covered plum sweets from SunSweet, which have all of the yumminess of that chocolate-covered raisin candy we're all accustomed to, but with the bone health benefits of prunes. That's a great idea. I didn't even know they make those. I have to go look for that. That's awesome. That is awesome. We have a lot of um, talking about if you have a little bit of indulgent, like you said, it just goes a long way. And so just those those chocolate-covered, which you know some studies have said the dark chocolate is good for us. So that's a nice little... uh, a little tidbit too to think about and doing it, as you said, in something that we normally do, but doing it in prunes instead. I love that. Do you have a personal favorite snack? <laughs> I'd like to ask, like, what's your favorite snack, bone healthy or otherwise? So my my go-to bone healthy snack, I'm a yogurt person. So it's uh-huh. plain Greek yogurt with my prunes, my diced prunes, and some nuts like pistachios. 
to get that little crunch and some healthy fat. So it's combining protein, fiber, healthy fats, supports all the bone supporting nutrients in prunes, as well as protein, calcium, vitamin D in the yogurt, and even more protein, fiber, and antioxidants and heart healthy fats in the nuts. So that's the kind of snack that really is very satisfying as well. So you're not hungry, you know, half an hour later, because you're getting all of those nutrients together. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you need to, um, should it be, I shouldn't, I guess, it depends on the person and, and different varieties. But should we be eating plain yogurt and then adding our own kind of things for sweetness? You know, how does that compare to like the flavored yogurts? So for me, I'm a start plain and build kind of girl because I'd rather control what I do to it. If I want a little sweetness, I can add a little bit and some cinnamon and things like that. But there's absolutely nothing wrong if you want just the container with the lid that's already sweetened. I tend to go for the lower sugar varieties. There's some brands that are lower than others. Okay. And with so many people that have prediabetes and diabetes, if you're really not, you know, watching that added sugar content, there's there's plenty that are lower in sugar. But if you're a very active child, for example, that needs that carbohydrate because you're on the way to a soccer game, there's absolutely no reason why you would need to worry about that, especially in okay. a nutrient dense food. So I don't want to scare anybody into thinking that any yogurt is particularly better than the other. I just like Greek yogurt because it's the one that has the protein. Got it. Got it. No, that's really good advice. And yeah, like there's so many varieties these days. Again, sometimes that becomes overwhelming. It's just like, I just need to pick one. <laughs> so, yeah. And you want to pick the right one, you know, so that's great. This has been so fascinating and really important. And I truly appreciate you sharing all of your expertise with us, Lauren. So what are like a couple, two to three big takeaways that you want our listeners to leave with from today's episode? Yes. So my bullet point takeaways are to remember that bone health is important to address from childhood, to maximize bone mass and develop habits to help prevent that bone loss later in life, ideally before you lose a lot of it around Mm -hmm. the menopause years. Prunes are a fabulous food proven to support bone health throughout the life cycle, in addition to providing cardiovascular and gut health benefits. So all around good things. And eating those five to six prunes a day for bone health doesn't have to be done in one sitting. They can easily be added to foods you already like, such as cereal, yogurt, salad, savory dishes, baked goods, smoothies, and to spread them out and to start slowly. You know, some people have a little gut reaction sometimes if they eat too many prunes too quickly, if they're not used to eating a high fiber diet. So just start slowly. There's no rush. You know, start with one to two and then ease your way on up and spread them throughout the day if it's harder for you to tolerate them, you know, all in one sitting. Yeah, that's really good advice. That is fantastic. And I also want to, besides thanking you for being on this podcast today and sharing your expertise with us, and we'll have information about you and your books and the article that you wrote and all kinds of things with the notes of this session. But I really want to thank Sunsuite for their ongoing sponsorship of both this episode and of BHOF. They've been a a long-term sponsor of the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation and are really committed to it. And I want to say it goes beyond talking about prunes. They really want everyone to do and build really healthy habits for bone health. And that's really important. And we can't bring great programming and education and, and all that stuff to our listeners and to all the consumers who reach out to us without support from companies like Sunsweet Growers. So really, really grateful to them for their very long commitment to BHOF. And 
like I said, there's going to be a lot of interesting and helpful resources attached to this Bone Talk episode. And for more information about how to keep your bones strong and healthy for life, please visit us at bonehealthandosteoporosis.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please do two things. Subscribe to Bone Talk so you never miss an episode. And please share with all your family and friends. Thanks again, Lauren, for joining me on this important episode. And we'll talk to you next time on Bone Talk. Thank you for joining Bone Talk, the bone health and osteoporosis foundations podcast that shares information, strategies, and inspiration about good bone health that makes active aging possible. To learn more about bone health, to become involved and or help fuel BHOF's mission with financial support, visit bonehealthandosteoporosis.org.